Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. Hi, this is Juan Pablo Di Pache, and you're listening to MLVC, the Madonna Podcast. Hey guys, it's Tony. Welcome back to the show. Hey everybody, it's Stefan. Thanks for joining us for another episode of MLVC, the Madonna Podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. And today we are so happy to welcome Juan Pablo Di Pache to the podcast. Juan Pablo, Welcome. Hi. Hey, Juan Pablo. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. How is Madrid today? Madrid is sunny. Madrid is uh, mom making mom food. It's a Saturday. Yeah, it's 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 lovely, lovely. We had like the weirdest uh, like snowstorm a couple a month ago, but now it's back to its normal sunniness. So it's good. Oh, I'm that's jealous. good. Yeah, we had the same snowstorm a month ago, and it's still freezing cold here. Yeah. <laughs> and how's everything with with COVID over there? Are you staying safe and healthy, and everything's yeah. fine? I mean, I've yeah, I'm literally not seeing any of my friends at all since I've I've stayed with my folks because I came from LA. I live in LA, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been here since Christmas. And yeah, I kind of sort of to protect my folks i i just don't see any friends so i've literally been living with my parents i feel like i'm <laughs> 13 again oh, that's, that's got to be sweet i'm sure your mother is cooking you some delicious yeah, meals it is I love <laughs> yeah when the pandemic first began i left new york out of like fear and anxiety and crashed with my mom and her boyfriend for three months and it was it was i was living upstairs and i'm like my mom was making dinners and doing laundry and i'm like this is really strange this is a bizarre like i felt like i'd yeah. gone travel back in time with all of my 40 yeah. something aches and pains so uh yeah. well i became my own mother so now i'm a domestic diva that i wasn't before so oh wow <laughs> are you like cleaning everything Oh, cleaning everything. I'm cooking every night. I'm look, look, buying cookbooks. I mean, who who is this person? <laughs> yeah, but, but I think that happened to all of us. Like, we, we, don't you think we've all become like, like we used to order food and stuff like that yeah. or eat out. And I think people now are just cooking a way, way more than before, which is actually a good thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about all those times, you know, I'm sure you as well, um, coming home after, you know, like a 12 hour day. And, you know, your, your time at home is very abbreviated. And now mm. it's, it's the other way around. It's like, oh, my time outside of the home is abbreviated. Yeah, and I have to, I you know, work it out like that. But yeah, I mean, I think um, we're never going to be, quote, normal, unquote, again. But what we're heading into is going to be a more mindful mindset, I would I say. I think so. I, I believe so. Yeah. Well, uh, let me tell you, they are not cooking at home here in NYC, in, in Manhattan, because <laughs> I am constantly in fear of getting run down by the flock of bike messengers. Oh, yeah. And mm. they're not just like regular bike messengers anymore. It's all electric bikes. So they go electric. at like 30 miles an hour. And so you see a bike coming down the street. You're like, oh, I've got time to cross the street. No, you do not. Because that bike, will, it, it flies by. And I'm like, I literally would end up in the hospital if I got ra- rammed by one of them. So it's it's not a good thing. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's definitely survival of the fittest. <laughs> um, before we 
get started more chatting, let's, Tony, can you give Juan Pablo a proper introduction to our audience? Absolutely. Juan Pablo was born in Buenos Aires, uh, also known as the Big Apple for your Avita fans, yeah. and currently <laughs> resides in Madrid, Spain. But he also lives in LA, so I guess he's bi-continental, if that's a thing. A self-proclaimed storyteller, Juan Pablo dances between music, film, and directorial projects. He's been on television. You may know him as Fernando on Netflix's Emmy-nominated Fuller House, which is a huge hit. And he was Mm -hmm. on season 27 of Dancing with the Stars here in the U.S. He's been in films such as Mamma Mia, Survival Island, many, many others. Juan Pablo is also a recording artist who's been releasing music since 2010. He's got an amazing voice, and his latest song, Fall on Me was just released on February 26th with a gorgeous video that he himself directed. So he's also done stage work on on the West End in London, in Italy, Spain, and New York City with the solo show An Evening with JP, which was, I believe, at 54 Below. Um, without further ado, here is Juan Pablo. <laughs> well, I'm dizzy just listening to all that stuff. <laughs> God. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Oh, that was sweet. That's just a, it's just a snippet, just a, a small <laughs> review. Just a little yeah, getting to know you. The show is over. That's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, Fall on Me, is that, that's not your current single. You have a, a new single just out, right? Yeah. So Fall on Me was the first single of this EP because it's all part of an EP. Uh-huh. And uh, that was the first in January. And then in February, I released Te Senti, which is actually the first song I released in Spanish. Oh yeah, and uh, that's the one I directed. Follow Me was directed by Manolo Pavon, who works with Almodovar a lot, mm-hmm. Oscar winner Almodovar. And then, yeah, the second one I co-directed with him, called Tesanti. And uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'm looking now into shooting video number three on Tuesday because well, every Pablo, single one of video. Was this your first time stepping behind the camera? No, 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 no. no I've I've been directing for years. Um, okay, I, I have directed like. You know, probably about five music vi- or six music videos and seven short films. So, so no, I love it. I've, I've, oh, I've always kept awesome. it there um, as a thing that I do for myself. But I mm-hmm. think I'm now definitely stepping more into the, you know, the, the, the directing is stepping more into the forefront. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I'm 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 very close to to directing my first uh, feature, like long movie. So. Oh, like Madonna. FYI, that's our segue because we're, we're going to get to your We're going to get to your career, but I, I do want to have a little Madonna sesh before we get to the It's rest. called the so, Madonna podcast, so we got we yeah, to exactly. talk Madonna. Yeah, we, we want to know about your Madonna journey, which undoubtedly started in Argentina, one of Madonna's favorite places to perform. Yeah, when did you become a Madonna fan? How did that how did that journey start? Well, um let me just like backtrack because I I mean I, I definitely started paying attention because you know she was of course she was already around when I was a kid. Um but I really started paying attention on erotica. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was well, my that's a good that's a good one to pay attention to. Yeah, because well, because it just it, it, it coincided with my puberty. Uh, and and the sex book and the the videos and everything, and I remember, yeah, I, I remember probably it was like a radio performance. It was the live down under from Sydney from mm-hmm. the, the girly show tour, and they showed that in radio. <laughs> uh, 
So I, I just remember listening to that and going, this is really great freaking music. Mm-hmm. And so then I started kind of paying attention to the, to the rest. And I was like completely immediately hooked. And, and so then I backtracked into like, you know, like a prayer and Dick Tracy stuff and true blue and all that. But, but my beginning point started with, with erotica, especially because it was so, the time was so daring and so like, I was mesmerized by the Stephen Mizell pictures from that book. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> like, this is how much that book had an impact on me. My dissertation for philosophy at school was on Madonna's sex book. <laughs> I got, no, oh, I want to read it. And I and I got all A's on that. And that was like <laughs> it was sent to like the it was sent as an example of like a like great, I don't know, philosophy major work by a student. And I was like, do you realize I'm talking about sex in this whole thing? <laughs> did you include pictures? Were there pictures included in of the book? Of course as well? I did. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she's She's definitely always been a, a, a huge source of um, inspiration for me, uh, as well as an artist, because um, there's something about her that 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 no one else has really done since, and no one was doing before, which is I don't know. There's an ownership to her Im- imagery, mm-hmm. a way that she can sure she can get inspired by Frida Kahlo or you know, Marlene Dietrich or whatever, or Marilyn. But at the same time, it is quintessential Madonna. So it's like the mm-hmm. Madonna filter that she puts everything, everything she does, she puts it through her filter and it's, and it's um, so original. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially the, the care, like that's what I admire the most is her care for the quality of what she puts out. Um, you can tell, you can tell the woman mm-hmm. is in charge of everything and she's a control freak and, but that's the way to do it. And I think all the greats are that all, all the greats yeah. are control freaks. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know any lazy great. <laughs> exactly. No, Juan Pablo, that's really interesting. You say that because, you know, she channels all these influences and all this energy, but mm. it's like we've never seen Madonna in costumes. She can never hide because right. it's, it, she's, you know, her personality is just the way it is. Yeah. It's, it's right. incandescent. Yeah. Have you seen her in concert? <laughs> Have I seen her in concert? <laughs> That's a funny question. I it, Juan Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm shy to say I've seen her too many times. Oh no. <laughs> I, think, I think I started, I started seeing her live around, was it Drown World? What was before Drown World? Because it was the one. Well, after- Girly Show. So you, Girly you, wouldn't, show. you wouldn't have seen Girly Show because that's yeah, when you so came it was, in. So yeah. It was Drown World. It was Drown World. Drown World in London. And I remember I was so friggin' poor at the time. I was like working five jobs and going to like drama school at the same time and ushering and everything. And I could only afford like the, you know, the, the nosebleed mm-hmm. tickets, uh, which was so far away. And I remember I saw nothing, I just saw a little square of light. Um, it was a massive stadium in London, Earl's Court. And, uh, but I'm, I'm pleased to say that throughout the years I've seen her over and over again and I always get closer and closer and closer um, um, (laughs) to like cut to Madame X. She was literally sitting, you know, when she goes to sit in the audience and talk to someone, she was literally in the row, like in front of me so i was i could i could I, if i reached i could touch her face mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was nice that was nice. 
Yeah, Tony and I, we were fourth row in New York and Brooklyn for Madame X. And it was the same thing yeah. when she came and sat down in the audience. Yeah. It was, we were I like, was like staring. I could see the top of her wig. Yeah, we're looking at her <laughs> wig. We were obsessed with her wigs for Madame X. So. Yeah. I will never um, forget, like, when she was coming down the stairs into the audience and she looked straight at me at one point. And you know, when you sort of like get this <gasps> kind of like, mm-hmm. you just gasp. Of, of because it was like a lion looking at you. It wasn't a woman. It wasn't a person. It was like a feline, non-human lioness that was looking. A hungry at tiger. But you know, yeah. um, Madonna's been known to like a handsome Latin man. So you know, take it as a compliment. <laughs> um, it was uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, 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 can I say what my favorite was? Sure, yes, please. Uh, confessions. Confessions. I thought mm-hmm. was, uh, really just. Just perfect. Just the whole thing from beginning to end was gorgeous. Yeah, I, I, that, I think so many people agree with that. Just the era from single choices to videos mm-hmm. to styling to the tour. Everything was just yeah. so on point. Spot on. And so, so spot on. Yeah. It and I think expensive. we just, I think we hold her to that standard now, which is yeah. unfortunate for her because, you know, she, she obviously she can't, as with life, not everything goes off according to plan yeah. sometimes. And so I think it's unfortunate that we always are like, uh, it's not like confessions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Tell that well, to the holograms at the billboard performance. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, I got really excited when I, when I saw a guy Oziri um, post on Instagram not long ago. And he's like, you know, I'm still trying to convince Madonna to, to, to tour a uh, uh, ray of light, you know, as a tour, bring it back and do like a, mm-hmm. like an anniversary tour. I'm like, Oh my God, that would just, Oh yeah. Yeah. That just would, that from would beginning be to end. That would be yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. She's good. No, it's, I'm glad, well, I'm glad that you were able to see her on tour. That's uh, and I, did you like the Madame X tour compared to her other tours? What did you think about that? You know, I was really excited to see her in a smaller venue. I thought that was a really cool, bold choice to play smaller theaters. I saw her at the Lantern, no, uh, Wiltern in yeah, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, you can I be honest. With, it's fine. It's fine. No, but I agree. I, I agree with most of the people that were there. And I think, look, like her demographic is probably people our age, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, I would say. So whenever she does things like Frozen, um, you know, we, we, that's what we love, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. when she did Frozen with the whole Lola thing, that, that was my favorite moment of the whole show. Um, so I kind, of, I kind of wish she would um, sort of acknowledge that demographic a little bit more because we are the people who are going to those concerts. So, so um I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just saying, please no, just. No, no. Well, I, so you, you, I think you want you wanted a bit more classics, which is, I mean, that's yeah. a lot of a lot of people want you know Maybe. Madonna classics but when they go. That's a really unforgiving thing to say because you know she she has to keep making records and and she's yeah. of course going to explore all kinds of avenues. So I don't think that's a very kind thing for me to say. No, I just want her to do Frozen because that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I just, for example, there were, there were songs on this album which I loved, and and they were not the choice for the tour, like "Looking for Mercy," mm. or even "Faz Gostoso" was a great song that yeah, that yeah. she didn't play. So, so I, I think it just comes to what she wants to say in that particular um, 
tour. I think this tour, for some reason, had a lot of like heavy political content, yeah. and maybe those mm-hmm. songs were reflecting that uh, for her. I mean, if she had just done like a three-hour show, she could have really <laughs> slot. She could have sl- slotted in a bunch more hits, you know, and th- then everyone would have been happy. But Juan Pablo, I understand where you're coming from, though, because I I would have liked to have heard more of the classics, but done in a Portuguese fado style, or sure. maybe in, you yeah. know, done like world music. When she sang two lines from La Isla Bonita, I'm like, this is you can do the whole song, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, she she's very famous for doing this, right? For like, mm-hmm. and I applaud the fact that whenever she she does a tour, a new tour, she really does push the new songs. Uh, and you know, a lot of singers always feel nervous about that because they're like, "Ooh, I'm going to lose my core audience if I don't do the old songs." But she doesn't. She's like, "No, fuck Not it. Madonna. I'm going to do the songs I want to do, and I'm going <laughs> to do a new one." Um, so for that, I really love her because she's defending her new work in. And, you know, most of the tours have just a lot of the new songs. So, mm-hmm. so Juan I think Pablo, that- I've spoken many times on the show um, yeah. about how Madonna's Spanish-speaking fans, um, yeah. you know, Latin American fans, Spanish fans, how they are just out of control crazy. Um, <laughs> what can you say? In a good way. In a good yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, I, th- I feel like we can relate to her in, in, a, in, in a way that maybe white people can't but tell us what you what what your opinion is of that (laughs) yeah i I, to be honest with you i think it goes right back to her first albums and and la isla bonita and the fact that Mm -hmm. that she had so many of her kind of ideal men or ideal culture was um were latin men in yeah. a moment in history when that wasn't that fashionable, you know, it wasn't hot. Mm-hmm. Like this is prior to Antonio Banderas being, you know, a of leading course. man on Hollywood. Like she was really pushing the ideal of beauty mm-hmm. uh, way earlier than anyone else in terms of, you know, the, the, the um, I don't know, mainstream, right? Same, same with Vogue, same with like so many things that we love her for is that mm-hmm. she was saying to us, this is beautiful, this is cool, before we all agreed. You know what I mean? So yeah, the yeah. fact that the Latinos felt seen so early on by her in videos like, you know, the guy with the long hair playing the guitar and like, yeah. or, or even the gang, not the gang members, but you know when she was like dancing in her earlier yeah, videos? Yeah, the, the, the Salvadoran guys from Borderline, you know. Yeah, exactly. All East that stuff LA. is like, yeah. And, and also the black kids, you know, she was really like playing with with um, showing to the world the beauty of uh, of uh, inclusion and also of diversity yeah. before it was cool to show diversity. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I, I saw myself, you know, growing up in the eighties in her yeah. in her milieu in her videos on in her yeah. shows, and yeah. and it was so important when we had Luis on the show. I, right. I I told him how important it was. For, you know, I was a teenager and I saw, you know, um, Latino, you know, gay Latino men on on yeah. a world stage performing with the yeah. biggest star in the world. And I told him that was so important because then it made me think that, like, I can be seen, too, you know. Well, it normalizes it, you know, when yeah. you have someone that you respect like Madonna and Madonna's popular and she's, you know, in charge when she presents something, you know, and you're seeing this as a confused gay teenager, mm-hmm. then suddenly you're thinking, oh, 
this is okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, this is fine to be this person or be this, feel this way or think this way or dress this way. And that's, I think she created that safe space for a lot of people. And I think that's amazing. I'm glad that she does that with her platform. Yeah. No, I just don't, don't think that she gets enough credit for that. Um, like, remember when she was having, like, she was being flanked by Carlton on one side of her and the other Asian um, dancer on the other side of oh, her. Oh, yeah, thing. right. I mean, girly show. Right. Yeah. That was such a beautiful image, you know? And that for me also was like maybe the beginning of my awakening, like sexual awakening, <laughs> too. Like, Holy shit. Um, so. Yeah, I thank for, I thank her for that uh, for for being so kind of trailblazing in the diversity conversation, which yeah. wasn't a conversation back. Nope. Yeah. Okay. So now that we have a little Madonna out of the way, I mean, she can come back up throughout the rest of the conversation. Feel free, to Madonna pun away. It's it's you fine. Can, um, yeah. But I do want to talk a little bit about your storied career because you've got some some great career moments. And um, we'll start, obviously, with Fuller House. So you played Fernando on Fuller House. How yeah. did that happen for you? How? Um, you know, did I you, had... like, you called up the Olsen twins and you were like, hey, I want to be on the revival. <laughs> and they said, really, go ahead, because we're not going to be on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Can I take your place? Um, no, they, they just, uh, I had a horrible, I had a horrible pilot season. You know what pilot season is, right? Yes. Yeah. So I had a horrible pilot season in 2015. I had done probably the most um, difficult role of my career, Jesus Christ, b- just before for Roma Downey for NBC. And in my head, I was going, it's going to be so hard to top this part, you know, to like, do something better than this. And so I think I bombed about 40 auditions, <laughs> mostly because I felt, I felt like nothing was good enough. Like I didn't want to play a drug addict. I didn't want to play, you know, a cop. I didn't want to play a fireman. I didn't want to play a doctor. Like no role lived up to what I had just Jesus played. Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was well, like, when you play Jesus Christ, it's all, I mean, you know, it's like, I mean, where, where do you go? Yeah, totally. So I think it was more of a, an identity crisis that I, that I went through right after that because, because yeah, I just felt like nothing was enough. Nothing was good enough. And so probably my fault that I didn't do a great job on, on most of the pilot season auditions. <laughs> and then I decided, well, fuck this. I'm going to, can I say fuck? Yes. Oh. It's a Madonna podcast. You're allowed. Of course, of course. So I said, fuck this. I'm going to go visit my folks in Spain and I'm going to take a break from Hollywood, you know, just, just to clear my head. And as I'm literally like buying my flight, I'm like, Hey, my, my, my agent's like, there's one more casting. There's one more thing before you go. Can you just go tomorrow to this address? It's a revival of a show from the eighties. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I go there. And, uh, and the guys before me are hysterical. Like I can hear the room. I can hear the casting directors laughing like hyenas, you know, they were laughing so hard. I'm going, Oh, fuck's sake. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get this. And so, you know, one by one, all the other guys walk, walk in and out and I'm left last and I go in there and I think something in my brain just said, okay, you have nothing to lose please make a fool of yourself. And so I did, I, I, I became like the, the weirdest 
kind of clownish, <laughs> you know, uh, actor they'd seen, and I got the part. Uh, but funny enough, Netflix afterward were like, "Yeah, can you just tone it down a little bit from your casting? <laughs> take it down to a two. You know? <laughs> just take it down a bit." But yeah, I was so like, like, you know, when you have those moments when you've had enough and you you just feel like you have nothing to lose so what yeah. the fuck that yeah. was my fernando audition yeah <laughs> well so and you booked that and yeah. at first you were just um you were not a full-time cast member you were just a, like a reoccurring character mm-hmm. but then you got promoted to full-time cast member uh yeah. in the second season so obviously you must have been doing something right I guess. I mean, they couldn't. They couldn't get rid of me after that. The, <laughs> the, uh, no, I think the telltale sign was on episode one of of the new show, like season one, the pilot, because yeah. no one really knew. I mean, I didn't even know what I was uh, walking into. I didn't know that the audiences were so hungry for the show. So I think it was a surprise also for Warner, for Netflix, for everybody. Like mm-hmm. it was like a runaway hit within, you know, it being announced and then it didn't disappoint. But on that first taping, no one knew we could have bombed. We could have been a disaster, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the chemistry of a new show is so uh, vulnerable, is so frail. It's like, it's a glass you know box that can be shattered in a second if one of the pieces doesn't work Mm -hmm. so we were very lucky that we immediately found that chemistry with all of us and so i guess when i opened my mouth my very first line i think i said hello dj like that was my first line she opens the door and i go hello dj and um, <laughs> and people were laughing on my, at my first line, so I think that was probably why I stayed. Is that I didn't oh, I didn't so fall cool. over myself or vomit all over myself and yeah. make people laugh, which is what they were looking for. <laughs> Juan Pablo, um, Full House isn't really known in the Spanish speaking countries, so mm. I, did you you? I don't think you grew up watching Full I House. Did not. So did you have no, to? I did did you have to go back and and? Do some homework yeah. and, and study and yeah no I did not grow up with 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 Full House I grew up with the nanny I grew up with Seinfeld a little bit Friends mm-hmm. but not Full House so I didn't that's why that's what I mean I didn't know what I was walking into like I knew it was a good sh- it was a great show within the eighties but I didn't really know the power it had and and how much people really missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Full House was a full-on babysitter for yeah, millions of totally. children in America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what was the for the actresses that were returning to these roles that they had when they were kids? What was their response that you were able to witness? Like, were they like just marveling at things constantly? Like, oh my god, this is so much fun! We're back! Oh my god, they, you you've no idea how painful it was when we stopped, because for them it was like their dream situation, their dream job working with people they adored. I mean, they've been to each other's weddings and funerals and birthdays and barbecues and and christenings. Like these people have been friends since the original. So to go back and work together as a team and for them, it was like, yeah, winning the lottery. Uh, I mean, for all of us really, but the significance it had for the original cast was magical. And the fact that it was a success even more so, you know, because uh, it could have been, like I said, could have not been a success. So, 
So when it finished, it was really painful, and they cried for a whole season, like almost oh, every Friday. We would tape, and they <laughs> they'd be in tears. <laughs> I love them. What They're kind of what amazing. kind of feedback have you gotten from fans about Fernando? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, the first season, I I was a little sad because I got a lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> I just got a lot of um, criticism, and as soon as like. They started warming to Fernando. It was the complete opposite, and they were like, you know, appreciation pages about Fernando, and 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 people just loved him and came in together. Uh, I think they didn't like the fact that I cheated on on Kimmy's character at the beginning, so they hated me at the beginning. Yeah, and that's then, no yeah. But hey, you have to start bad to grow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You have to gain the audience's trust. You do. You do. You it was a that. good. 180 yeah well so speaking of fernando you got to be in the movie version of <laughs> mama mia what was it like dancing with meryl streep oh it was beautiful it was great <laughs> it was great it was it was not only great for the fact that it was great <laughs> but also it was my very first day my very first day when i walked into the rehearsal room I just got cast and uh, I was one of the last people to get cast. So everyone else was already rehearsing and everything. And and the way it worked is that we would rehearse uh, the numbers in London, uh, all of the numbers, the musical numbers of the show, of the movie. Um, and then like two, three weeks later, we started shooting. So we had like a good, solid, kind of like when you put on a musical in, on Broadway, you know, we had a solid rehearsal yeah. period of just the musical numbers. And so, yeah, I walk in and it's really dark inside the studio. It was really light outside. So my, my eyes were adjust, adjusting to, to the place. And I get, you know, the, the Anthony Van Lass is like, hey, the, the, the choreographer. Hey, JP, welcome to the family. Okay, we're doing Voulez-vous. And, you know, you're going to dance with Meryl. And I look to my right and there she is, you know. <laughs> and so, so he put me with her and I, I of course... I tried to be cool, uh, but I was a 24-year-old kind of fan, <laughs> really, <laughs> in Meryl Street. Um, so it was, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience uh, as a whole, just to be part of this movie, to be part of something that was... I mean, we knew we were doing something special. We didn't know how huge it would become. Um, I um, hi Fernando. You are in. I'm calling you Fernando. Hi JP. You're in like, the highest grossing musical of all time. You know, it's no big deal. <laughs> no biggie. No biggie. Yeah, it was. It was pretty spectacular. Just to be like, just to be present in 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 those moments. Um, because you know, once you have that kind of cast, I mean, Colin Firth still one of my favorite people mm-hmm. on the planet. Uh, and I was playing his boyfriend and, and, you know, dancing with Meryl and, and just cracking jokes with all the other super mega stars there. I mean, it was just mm. sort of surreal, really, because it wasn't just three actors. It was like a good 10 yeah. mega stars. And, yeah. uh, and so, yeah, it was, it was a pretty great, 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 great um, project to be a part of. Juan Pablo, what's the name of the island that you guys shot on? That place is gorgeous. And it was how long two, were you guys two there? Yeah, we shot it in Skiathos and Skopelos. And we were there. We shot 
all of Donna's hotel scenes in London mm-hmm. in a soundstage at, at Pinewood. So the sky was like, you know, it was this uh, green screen. Uh, and then we shot the rest in these two islands. And I want to say probably the whole thing took like six, five months, maybe. That sounds like a dream come true. I know. <laughs> I always wanted so to be you- part of Sorry, I always wanted to be part of Lord of the Rings, and that was my that was my Lord of the Rings. Uh, there, there's your your franchise moment. So you were also in uh, what me and my friends like to call the cult classic Survival Island. I mean, I think oh my god, I me and a bunch of we've got like I think it's like maybe six of us, and for the last 10, 15 years, Stop. we're like, oh my god, Survival yeah. Island's on. So oh no. yeah, so uh, last Wednesday I was. Flipping, oh fl- uh, flipping through the channels on cable and Mamma Mia was on one channel and Survival Island was on <laughs> the other one. So I was like, well, I might as well do some research here. But um, I don't know. I'm, am I the only one who sees the similarities between Survival Island and Swept Away? <laughs> no, you're not the only. Oh, wait a minute. Swept Away. I thought you were going to say Dead Calm. Well, that uh, too, but Swept Away, uh, you know, Madonna was in that. Away. And um, yes. Did you see Swept Away, Madonna's movie? Of course. Um, okay. Yeah, I did. It was swept away. What year was that? Was that? It was 2001. Oh, so our movie was after. Okay, our movie was yeah. 2004. Um, of course I saw it, especially the scene <laughs> where I'm being really nasty to her, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a huge similarity. And so you also worked with your sister, Maria Victoria. What was that? What was yeah. the whole experience like? Just give us a little bit about it. Well, it was great. It was, it was the, my very first movie ever. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I had to be in on screen with 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 uh, the bad guy from Titanic, Billy Zane, mm-hmm. uh, and Kelly and, Brooks. Uh, I mean, geez, yeah, and Kelly, who's who at the time was voted the most beautiful woman in the planet by FHM or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a it was a great first gig. I'll I'll tell you that, and and that gig. Um, showed me how green I was in making movies because when I got the script and I was studying it and I was doing the thing, I was shooting it, I really thought I was making, you know, Sophie's Choice. Titanic, yeah, Titanic 2. <laughs> I thought I was, yeah, Titanic 2. And then when we watched the, sh- the, the, the film at the premiere in the Odeon Leicester Square Cinema, and there were places where people would laugh not at jokes but they would just laugh <laughs> at the movie like i couldn't sink like lower enough in my chair i was so oh, embarrassed no. i was so embarrassed but hey look it's now become a cult classic yeah. um and people love this movie it's, it's always got that game. sort of b movie quality that is so kind of uh, you know guilty pleasure like so so Kelly's i'm really very over the top in this movie and you know Who, I, billy I yeah. That, oh, yeah billy and kelly <laughs> okay yeah, well and i i mean i was like i was at a hundred really quick in some of those scenes but so, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that, I mean, people are watching this movie and they yeah. love it. And, you know, they're not looking at it as like, you know, the most serious film, but, you know, yeah. people have fun with it. And that's all you No, but I would have liked some warning. I would have liked to know at the time, hey, you are making a big <laughs> movie, okay? Because then I would have enjoyed a hell of a lot more. Yeah, you, you could have twirled your mustache. You know? Totally, totally. I could have been way nastier. Yeah. Camp, you camped it up a little. Yeah, you would have camped it up. Or, yeah. But hey, you know, not all is lost. You got paid. You got a little bit of a, you know, you were on an island. You got, you know, you get to see you're in a movie with Billy Zane. You, know, you got to hang out with your sister. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
and that was lovely. Thanks. We really loved um, being on set together. That was also a first Your for us. Your parents must have loved that too. Yeah, <laughs> and she was playing a psycho. <laughs> yeah. a She's very good at like a witch. She's playing a witch. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, if you haven't seen it, our listeners, I think you should go and see this movie because we've we've just sold it so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you get to spend a lot of the movie shirtless, so there's that. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a, a different bit, era. <laughs> <laughs> so last. Um, last year, you did a movie called Dashing in December. Making uh, history. Which, yes, which I, I mean, I'm not, I can't refer to it as like the gay Brokeback Mountain because it's not really a cowboy movie, but it is kind of, kind of Western-ish. Yeah. There's some <laughs> little Western styling there's in it. There's horses. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's farm. Um, yeah. But t- tell us about that. You had to film that during COVID. What was that whole experience like? Well, we got used to it really quickly. I mean, we quarantined for, uh, I think, 10 days because it was in Utah. And I flew from Madrid to shoot it. So that was that was kind of weird. I met Peter, my co-star, Peter Porte, literally via Zoom. We would have, no Zoom, sorry, FaceTime. We would, have, we would FaceTime with each other and we were like two doors down from each other. Oh, how funny. Hotels, you couldn't leave your room. But... But then when we, you know, when we're all out of quarantine, yeah, I mean, it's the new normal. Everyone's wearing shields. Everyone's wearing masks. The actors are kind of spoiled because, you know, you have makeup on, you have hair on. So they, they try not to make you put too many things on your face. But uh, so we were kind of comfortable. I felt mostly for the crew because they're the ones who are spending literally – 16 hours a day standing on their feet with masks and this and that and, and, and visors and, and tests. Uh, but like I said, I would in a heartbeat go back and do that over and over and over again than being sitting on my ass in lockdown for sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. plus this is like this new, um, it shouldn't be a new trend. I mean, it should be just the norm, but you know, this mm-hmm. is also one of the first, um, same-sex Christmas films mm-hmm. uh, for the network. So tell us yeah. what that reaction was like from the public. I was very happy about that, by the way. Uh, well, we, we need more uh, of that. We need yeah, more. We do. We do. I, 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 it was beautiful. It was just beautiful to make it uh, because Jake Heldren, the Heldren, the director who wrote it also, I thought did a beautiful job in and talking about the small things, the nuances, the subtleties of, of, of two men meeting each other. Like we, yes, it was a Christmas movie, but quintessentially, I think it was more of a men in, men in their thirties getting to mm-hmm. know each other and what that is like when these two men are completely different and they come from completely different uh, places in their lives and will this work? Uh, but not so much, you know, are they in the closet? Are they not in the closet? Is one dying of AIDS? Do you know what I mean? So it, yeah. it, was, yeah. it, it, was it sort of avoided stereotypical tropes that we yes. see in a lot of gay cinema. Thank God. Yeah. It's not the yeah. 90s anymore. You know? Exactly. So, so, so I loved being part of that. And also, I mean, completely unexpected was, was being thrown into the conversation about all the other uh, LGBTQ plus holiday films that came out this year. So 
So it was, yeah, it was, it was great to, to be included in, in such an important conversation of why haven't we had this until now? Yeah. Uh, and also I just and love the fact got- that Paramount, oh. sorry, that Paramount yeah. really championed uh, to make a movie that, that was original, you know, because I feel like it isn't the same and this is no shade, <laughs> but it isn't the same. <laughs> writing a story with 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 like a heterosexual couple in mind and then changing the sexes of one of them and, and then just thinking oh that's our you know lgbt movie for the year right and ours i thought was very specific to gay culture and you know um like you said no stereotypes yeah. so i'm very very proud of that well, so you had come out in publicly in 2019. Was that a scary experience? Was it a relief? Did you, you know, did you, obviously you were in Dashing in December, but like, were you worried about how it would affect your career? No. Um, and also it's funny because I, I, <laughs> I always try to clarify what happened because I think, I think it's always news when someone, anyone comes out uh in my case it wasn't really like a like a coming out situation i i was doing a ted talk about growing up and about um the story that we tell ourselves that's why it was called the story of my life um so i was asked to speak to a group of teenagers with this ted talk because it was a ted talk for students and uh you know they asked me to 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 speak about kind of my journey and what, why I became an actor and this and that. And I thought, well, the only way that that I can do this honestly uh, is to talk about that one thing that maybe, you know, I haven't said publicly before, but, but I wasn't in any closet. Mm. Uh, So I don't know it, nothing changed. There was no seismic, you know, the earth didn't shatter for me my career didn't change my family didn't throw me out like like it was it was a non non event you know mm-hmm. but, which is honestly how it should be i mean exactly uh, i, the, it I only i only I, I only bring it up just because i think it's ridiculous that we still have to make it such a big thing you know like who cares who you're sleeping with? It's not you mm-hmm. who are sleeping with the people, you know, it's uh, why yeah. you have to so heterosexuals don't have to come out, you right. know, like it's like, right. why is that heterosexuality the assumed sexuality? You know, like it's such, yeah. and when, and not to get political, but when we talk about equal rights, that's sort of baked <laughs> into it. Like that's what I want equal rights to be about, you know, like that we don't have mm-hmm. to assume that everyone's straight, you know? Sorry, and I now yeah. I'm stepping down from my soapbox. <laughs> no, 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 but you're right. You're right. You're right. It's uh I think the times are changing so fast as well. Like things yeah. that were normal just literally last year, um, now they're different. And yeah. mm-hmm. we even look at how kids are today. When I say kids, I mean people who are now in their, you know, teens and twenties. They have no issues, like zero issues. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They live their Which lives. Which is great. Like, you know, yeah. They look at us and go, huh? What is that for? <laughs> Why were you afraid to do this? This is right. normal. Yeah. yeah. So that's. I think that's wonderful. And yeah, and mm-hmm. we should take a leaf out of their book. Yeah. 
a page. So no. I, I loved you in Dancing with the Stars. I'm switching gears. I loved you in Dancing with the Stars in 2018. I was so upset. I had actually just missed seeing you. I'd gone to LA right uh-huh. before your season 27. So, um, and I, I went to a taping of Dancing with the Stars just because I, um, my mom and I watch it. It's our little bonding show that we watch. Yeah. And I did um, not know this about you, Stefan. Oh my god, I love Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I like, I, it's a, I, I like honestly. Sometimes I just want to get famous so I could be on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> you know, it's like, let me do something famous so that way I, they, they'll cast. Something famous. Um, well, sleep with a politician. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. How, how was that experience like? I mean, I know it's a lot of work, but it also looks like a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah, it's both. It's definitely both. Uh, more so the hard work, but when the fun comes into play, when you are there on the Monday, because you spend the whole day, right? So you spend like most of Sunday blocking the show. So you've you've rehearsed the dance of the week for the whole week, like literally Cheryl and I would leave the Monday show if we didn't get eliminated, of course. So we would leave, have dinner and already be talking about next week's number. And, and, and it was like, there was no break. We didn't have Saturdays or Sundays or anything like that. It was just go, 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 go. So all of that was quite intense uh mostly because cheryl and i are very similar you know cheryl uh is very uh hands-on and she is definitely a director when it comes to Mm -hmm. her work and i am the same and i didn't come into the show without dance experience i came into the show with a lot of dance experience so you know we both had opinions on how the numbers should go and what i should be doing and and so there was an element of like, we were like, we were a very, um, sometimes the, the, the war of the roses kind of thing, you know, like a marriage <laughs> of two people who are arguing about what should be done. Uh, but then the moment we switched on the kind of the entertainers in us, you know, the, the, the artists that was just mind blowing. I mean, it was so enjoyable. It was a great thing, especially because I don't think she, and she said this before, even publicly, uh, she hadn't had a contestant with whom she could create the the amount of like real dancing that she did with mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. and I felt that, and I also felt the pressure of that because I, I knew that I had to up my own game to also make her look good. And so it was like a lot of, it was just like a heightened reality within a heightened show. Like sure. you're already- Oh, that show is that show is no joke. Like no, I when no. I was in the audience watching that production happen, yeah. I was floored because it's live television, you know, like they're doing it right on the spot. Everything's happening yeah. live. There's no time for them to cut. So like those commercial breaks, it is a whirlwind of what mm. is happening and just watching that and seeing that behemoth of a show happen, you can see the work that goes into it and the, and you just know like how, and you, all of the cast, they all seem so polished and so perfect. And it's like mm-hmm. that week yeah. that you're rehearsing and putting that together definitely shows yeah. up on, on stage for sure. Yeah. And, and also what, what happens when you're in those kinds of shows and I don't know what other show is like that. I mean, because you can't even say the singing competition shows are like that because, because dancing with the stars has this thing where you're literally just put in a place 
where you just have to shine. Right. <laughs> they're giving you the the design of the stage. They're giving you the costumes. They're giving you the choreography. They're giving you the the music. Everything is just so there and ready for you to to shine. Right. So you feel that pressure. You really do feel that pressure. At the same time, it's really nice to know that it is designed to make you look good. But yeah. <laughs> when you don't, when you you know make a fool of yourself because you forgot a step or you know you fell on your ass or whatever, ten million people are watching that too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the pressure that you put upon yourself is is humongous, and it's bigger than the pressure that you're <laughs> that the show puts on you. So. I think I lost a little hair from from that year. <laughs> I'm sure I did. Well, so you had said that Girly Show, listening to the audio of Girly Show, was your very uh, first exposure to uh, Madonna. Carrie Ann Inaba was yeah. on Girly Show <laughs> with Madonna. Yeah. Did you ever talk to Carrie Ann during your time on Dancing with the Stars about Madonna? Did you ever be like, Carrie Ann, I have to ask you about Madonna? <laughs> what do you think? I want to say yes, of course. I would have said, Carrie Ann, may I have a word with you immediately? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So week one, uh, we just did the salsa. And then they give us a score. They go to commercial break. And just before we're ushered backstage, I just run to Carrie Ann. I just run to the judges' table. It's like, it. Carrie Ann, Carrie Ann, sorry. Can I just say... I freaking loved you in the girly show. <laughs> and, and she just winks at me and goes, oh, so you're very familiar with me then. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you yes. know what? <laughs> yeah. We had Carlton on the show and he told us uh -huh. that Carrie Ann was the hardest working dancer on that show because of yeah. the pole work that she did. Like, it's, it's mm. like that took everything Amazing. out of her, but she was the biggest trooper on that tour. And Amazing. I love hearing that. Yeah, I mean that that whole that whole pole thing coming down the pole with her boobies out and just like yeah, beautiful, just beautiful. That that's why I love this woman so much, Carrie Ann. Yes, but Madonna especially is like she showcases um, almost in a Renaissance way what beauty is, you know, mm. in her, in her work. What what the classic artists used to regard as um yeah just just measures of beauty and and i love it i i i, I love that show so much because of that because it was so classy even in its raunchiness and in it's you know mm -hmm. it's like almost like an orgy going on on stage and whatever <laughs> but there was something so classy about it it's you know it's that's what i love about her so much yeah well, so let's talk about music. Um, sorry, that's my. You said you weren't going to sing. I on the know show. that's not singing. That's just <laughs> punk, you, that's punctuating. You carry the uh, tune and then drop. So it. we. So Juan Pablo has a new EP coming out that we mentioned. It's uh, called the EP is called Vascular, and yeah, let's let's talk about music. Let's. Uh, yeah. So you, you've had two singles out now. <laughs> yeah, Juan yeah. Pablo, you yeah, can music. you can sing as much as you'd like on the podcast. <laughs> well, um, what can I tell you? I, I I can tell you that that I've been working on it for ages. Um, usually, with music, is different with with anything else because uh, I don't like releasing anything that is not a hundred percent, you know, 
to my standard, 100% the best of what it can be. So I've been working on these songs, I, I tell you, for like two years. And these are six songs. They will all come out one at a time uh, because I'm releasing a video per song. Uh, mm. So it's kind of like a visual EP, really. Nice. Uh, yeah, because because I, I for me, a song... <laughs> A song is like an excuse to make a music video. <laughs> I, I just, agree. I agree. I just love <laughs> the art of music videos, like Chris Cunningham's stuff and Michelle Gondry and like the Bjork and the, the Michael Jackson videos and Lenny Kravitz. Like that for me was the golden era of music videos. So, so when I decided to release an EP, I was like, I just want to give every song a music video and a chance to shine by itself. So that's why I'm releasing like one a month and the whole thing will come out probably in, in April. Well, see, that's what we've been wanting Madonna to do, a whole visual album. Why she why she refuses us a visual album is beyond me. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. You're welcome. Well, so will we get some some more steamy dance numbers coming up i don't know what the rest of the, the music is like but i i thought the your current single um there was some really beautiful dancing thank you well i really really wanted to showcase what the authentic flamenco looks and feels like on this video uh i'm like a quarter spanish i was born in argentina but my mom's spanish and um there is nothing really like the flamenco culture, flamenco music, um, the way it's sort of in the video, especially the way that it that it describes that frustration that that the dancer has just through that dance break. Because uh, for those who haven't heard or seen the, the, the video, uh, it's a very kind of it's like a fusion of flamenco pop and it's in Spanish. But in the middle of the video, I decided to kind of stop the song and just have him go crazy with, with the stomping mm-hmm. up ground and the flamenco. And, and it just gave me like a completely different dimension to, to talk about what he was going through in the song and, and the rest of the video. Also, I feel like it's like a, a three act play in a way. I don't, I don't see it mm-hmm. so much as a music video, but more as a short film. So uh, it was really, it was really cool to see the flamenco because um, I, I think not since like Joaquin Cortes in the nineties mm-hmm. was had mm-hmm. there been like an international representation of flamenco and, mm-hmm. and the music and the dance. And, and I'm so excited. Bring it back. Oh, <laughs> well, my next video has like another element, but in the, in the female, uh, I'm going to have a, a beautiful, gorgeous uh, Spanish dancer. And so I'll bring back bits of that. But in terms of the steamy, I don't know. Like I think I gave you, I gave you like what I what I had, and the next thing is completely different. I don't, I don't like. Oh, okay. Doing the same. So. Well, you know, because like Madonna, she's always bringing a little bit of steam every now and again. You know, I mean, <laughs> like I want to see, I want to see a Juan Pablo "Power of Goodbye" kiss, like. Oh. She, that kiss that she has oh in Power God. of Goodbye, it's like that camera just revolves around the two, her and Gorn Vincic for like yeah, thirty seconds, an and I'm like, th- we need that's something like that. So there you go. That's that's your challenge from MLVC. You know? <laughs> okay. Well, if it's not in a music video, I'll tell you it's going to be in a movie. So 
So well, hey, I'll take it. You know. Yeah. Either way, as long as it's taped. Um, so, Juan Pablo, will you tell us a little bit about the work that you did with Nadia Ginsburg? She's a friend of the podcast, and we we are obsessed with her. I know. Who isn't? I mean, Nadia is amazing. Well, I I I I found Nadia. I want to say like ten years ago when she was doing the Madonna logs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, which are little episodes where she puts poor Madonna into different situations and, and she does it so well. I don't know if there's anyone in the world that does her voice as well as Nadia does. Um, that kind is. of shaky, almost, I don't know how to describe the voice that she it's does. It's a strange, yeah, it's, it's, it's very smart how she does it because it it's doesn't so necessarily, it doesn't sound like Madonna, but no. then it does sound like Madonna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she changes like, the pitch of the voice in between words mm-hmm. and stuff, which is amazing. Um, but so I remember I discovered Nadia there and then I realized she's doing all these other characters. She was doing Winona Ryder and Cher. And, and um, in quarantine last year, I decided because I was in my house doing absolutely fuck all. So I decided <laughs> I, I wanted to do a web series. And so I, I created the show called Minutiae. Uh, where I was shooting the other actors via Zoom. So the whole point of the thing is the mind of this guy um, who has the worst therapist in the planet, uh, played by Jack Plotnick. And uh, I literally just cast my friends. So I, I had an episode with Andrea Barber and another, well, and then Jack. And then um, I had John Stamos and, and Sony Nicole. Anyway, so... I remember thinking, well, it would be really, really cool in a fantasy situation to have this character of Tomas have a moment with Madonna. <laughs> and so I wrote to Nadia and I said, listen, Nadia, I would love to do this. What do you think? I sent her some episodes and she's like, it's really funny. I want to do it, but I'll explain one day why, but can we do share instead of Madonna? And I was like, I will take anything you give me. Let's do shit. <laughs> and so, so yeah. So it ended up being an episode about um, about uh, dating online, online dating, and Cher disguises herself <laughs> as Cher, and then we find out that she's looking for love, just like the, my character. And they have this weird. Weird it's very funny. It's very very funny. I love. I, don't duet. spoil it for everybody. Don't spoil it for everybody. <laughs> I won't spoil it. So that's how we met and then, you know, became friends. And it was amazing to direct her, like, in character. So she was in the share getup uh, in her house. And and I'm just saying, okay, can you give me one more, but more like this or more like that? And and she was just – everything was gold. Like, if I, <laughs> if I did a – if I took everything she did, it would have been as funny as – as what ended up being on the on the episode, she's so talented. And she, so yeah, her and her and Selene just did uh, Instagram Live the other yeah. day, and I was watching it. And literally, it's just an hour of pure gold. Just the two of them riffing and screaming they at each other. So it's hysterical. Funny, yeah. Is that yeah, saved? I, I want to see it. Is it saved or not? I don't know if she saved it. She uh, hopes she did because it was so funny. Just the two yeah, of them, like the they're not even one. talking about anything, and it's funny. Yeah, I can't wait until we get live performances again because I, I, I number one on my list is like I'm going to go see Nadia. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And too. I've seen Selena live in in LA, and she is hysterical. Hysterical. Mm. So they're both 
gold, like you say, gold together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did uh, uh, Instagram Live with uh, Nadia as well, didn't you? I did. I did. The, the week the week that the episode came out. Yes. I feel like I tuned into that too. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, anyway. Steph, is it time for my favorite part of the podcast? Uh, yes. Um, uh, Juan Pablo, I don't know if I sent this to you. Some I'd like sometimes this to be a surprise. We do what we call the lightning round here on MLVC. This is basically just meant to be quick, off-the-cuff, top-of-your-head answers wherever you're at in your Madonna journey right now. So, In other words, with, we're putting you on the spot. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so without Got thinking it. too hard, favorite Madonna song? Substitute for Love. Oh, good one. Favorite Madonna video? Fuck. That's just too hard. <laughs> too hard. I mean, you said it earlier. I think it's Power of Goodbye. Uh huh. Oh, well, it's, I mean, she looks beautiful in that. Um, it can change too. It doesn't like it change, uh, yeah, my, my, my favorite video depends on the mood I'm in. Uh, okay, well, talk about your head. What's your favorite video right now? bad girl and you know why is because oh, when i when i saw your recent video and you yeah. have that flamenco breakdown that pause the first thing that came to my head was i'm like oh he's pausing the video like he like madonna and bad girl that's that was what i thought <laughs> i was like see well, there's so madonna influences else. there's madonna influences in his work <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's David Fincher. And uh, that's exactly what uh, I did. I was like, so I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I, need to, I need to do this moment right here. So, yeah. Yeah, you got it. You got right. that influence. Yeah, no, I, I thought. Favorite Madonna tour? Oh, come on. It's the girly show, right? Yeah, it's the girly show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hey, you never know. I mean, maybe he had a transcendent moment, scene sticky and sweet, you know, watching her jump rope. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, favorite Madonna look, and that can come from a video, a tour, a photo shoot, you know. Okay. Well, I am definitely a brunette Madonna kind of person. Mm. So I want to say the photo shoot that she did where she was emulating Martha Graham with the bob, with the short hair. Oh, I remember that. Oh, that's so yeah. beautiful. And the, oh, and the, I'll remember, I'll remember a music video that is probably like, yeah. It was yeah. the same time. It was actually it was the same. The same so I want to say that that is because it's so weird and so unlike her that that's my favorite. Yeah, yeah she I, carries off that short hair really well. Yeah. I forgot who took those photos for the Harper's Bazaar uh, Martha Graham shoot. Beautiful because she was doing all these like uh, geometric poses and it was very like modern dance yeah. and it was in a way that we had not seen her before. I'll give you a close second. A close second is the Harper's Bazaar black hair. But geisha, that's yeah. like my mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. beautiful shirt. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's got so many good looks. It's hard to it's, pick. It's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, power of goodbye. You know, she's yeah. just gorgeous with that hair, that dress. I mean, come on. I wanted that dress. They made, I mean, they made <laughs> her eyes look like this emerald green. Uh, there's something about her eyes and the skin in that video. It's just. Yeah, her eyes are they are scary blue like it's you it's all you can see into her soul it's I really I, no they're they're like a it's like that if the like when you're on a greek island and you see oh. the ocean like that's how clear her eyes are like it's really because oh, yeah. i had the i had the distinct pleasure of sitting next to her at the madame x tour and talking to her in the audience in philadelphia and oh you did <laughs> scary, scary experience. And did you shit yourself? 
I I was so tongue tied. I, I mean, I was. She was asking me. I, I told. I tell people this all the time. She asked me, "What do you think the Madame X tour is about?" And I'm like, I, uh, "Hi, Madonna." You know, like I couldn't even talk. <laughs> so I was like, I run a Madonna podcast, and I can't even tell you on the spot what I think of your tour. It's, it was embarrassing. <laughs> So aside anyway. from being like all tongue tied, did you did, like what was your what was your like body to body impression of of having this this creature next to you? It's weird. So I had, I mean, as people know in the podcast, I danced on stage with her at the Rebel Heart tour. I was, in front, and I'm not going to talk about it. I have a whole episode <laughs> devoted to it. But I, that was like a transcendent experience. You know, like dancing with her and interacting with her, and like it was euphoric. And then the Madame X tour. You did the bitch. Yes. Thing? Yes. Yes. You went up. Oh wow. I'll send you. I'll send you video. I'll send you video. It's um. It's banana fun to watch. and everything. It's, yeah, banana yeah. and everything. It's um. Uh, that I mean, th- I went into show mode, but because I had seen the show before, so I knew what she did with the fans. So yeah. I sort of had a basis for like how to perform with her. Yeah. But Madame X, yeah. it was my friend and I. We dressed up in the God Control outfits. We like DIY'd our own God Control outfit, and so she was in the middle of either my friend Sean and I were on either side of her, and she was like splitting the conversation between the yeah. two of us and the philadelphia crowd and i think her knee and her hip were hurting her and so she was kind of cranky and um she wasn't as kind to us as she was to like no. katie perry but um but it was still it's, you know it's still a fun experience i mean if if you're gonna be if you're gonna have a cranky madonna you know I mean, come on at least it makes a good story but yeah she was i'll we can exactly. i'll chat if you yeah i'll chat about it with yeah. you offline if you want <laughs> also cranky madonna in costume in her own tour i mean come on exactly yeah. with with dark hair i mean she was the dark-haired wig and you know she looks <laughs> flawless she looks flawless I, I was like i need to invest in her skincare line <laughs> well pablo we just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this has been really fun and we I've loved gotten you know we loved getting to know you know details of your career as well. And um, I want to encourage everyone to go to TED.com and look up on Pablo's um, TED Talk, The Story of Your Life. Uh, I'm going to do that when I finish recording because I I want to hear the story uh, mm. in depth. And also, uh, you can find him on Instagram at Juan Pablo de Pache and on the web at JuanPabloDePache.com. And um, also, you can stream his, his music on all of the music streaming sites right Juan Pablo yeah Spotify iTunes Deezer Amazon YouTube music I'm everywhere can't get can't get rid of me yeah well and also and make sure to check out his YouTube channel he's got tons of great videos and performances you can see the web series Minute 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 why am I yeah uh there's some covers of some great songs he's got videos like including Oh my God, Juan Pablo, I, I had the <laughs> made the mistake of watching your live at Feinstein's 54 Below where you cover Night Fever by the Bee Gees right before we started recording. And I literally cannot get Night Fever out of my head. I literally have been humming it in my head this whole, this whole time. I mean, I love that song and you did such a killer job of that. So go see that. He's also got his new videos up there. So um, just go search his YouTube channel after this and you'll, you'll be pleasantly pleased. Yeah, and you can find us, you know, 
you guys know where to find us. You know, uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter at MLBC Podcast on our webpage, MLBCPodcast.com. And we're streaming wherever you listen to podcasts. So share us with your friends and Madonna fans if you uh, know of someone who is looking for a podcast. Who hasn't heard the podcast, you exactly, know. I mean, yeah. they're, they're missing out. Tell, <laughs> tell them to tune in. So Juan Pablo, before we go, we thought we'd end the show with your new single. Can you, can you intro introduce it for us? In, sure, introduce yeah. the single for us. Of course. So you're about to listen to Desenti, which is my latest single. It's in Spanish. Enjoy it. Dance. And if you've ever had your heart broken, mm-hmm. this is the song you want to listen to. All right, guys. Juan Pablo. Heard it from him, from the man himself. Uh, So we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you, guys. Pleasure.
Hey. Yeah.